Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today. You know, I, I just love talking with our guests. We've we've chatted several times now, just offline, not officially for the program, but it's always fun, especially to be talking to someone else from the C-Suite Network. Um, just love being able to do that. But today we're going to be talking about leadership. And let's be honest, leadership is lacking in a lot of ways. And and I think a big part of that is people just really don't know how to be leaders. They're scared to be leaders. They they are <clears throat> promoted to being a leader when they weren't prepared for it, maybe aren't even skilled for it, you know, and, and all of these things. But we're gonna talk today about how to be a leader, as opposed to uh, maybe that uh, boss that we all don't want to work for anymore, right? So please join me in welcoming Dr. Mary, Dr. Mary, Dr. Gary McGrath to our program today. Hi, Dad. Well, at least it rhymes. This is true. This is true. So I just kind of merged your name together. I just made it a shorter name. So Gary, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Dr. Gary McGrath has been labeled a unicorn in leadership development. His passion for leadership started when he was an eagle in the Boy Scouts. After graduating with a dual degree in mechanical and metallurgical engineering, he entered the U.S. Army, where he commanded a unit of 120 soldiers at the ripe old age of 25. He went on to work at several Fortune 500 companies and startup tech companies. He completed his formal education, earning a Doctor of Business Administration in Marketing, which is a DBA. He is also the author of two books, Mastering Sales Leadership, Learning to Herd Cats, and A CEO's Journey, The Seven Steps of Intentional Leadership. Dr. Gary believes in paying it forward. Each year, he volunteers his business expertise to a nonprofit for a minimum of one year. He is currently working with Habitat for Humanity, Broward County, Florida. He presently lives in North Carolina with his bride, Christy, and his dog, Bailey. So again, Dr. Gary, welcome. Thanks, Deb. It's good to be here, especially when we have the opportunity to talk about leadership. I love it. I love it. Well, first, thank you for your service. I always like to thank our our veterans for anything that they have, have done because that really is a great place to learn leadership, um, you know, and, and so again, thank you so much for your service. But you know, you've you've done several things throughout the years. I mean, you know, we we were talking you know about that in your bio. I always love learning how my guests got to where they are today, and how they discovered that this really is their passion in life. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I guess there was two things growing up that struck me. Number one is when I was a Boy Scout. 
we had a troop leader that turned the troop around in a matter of minutes. Mm. I'm sitting back there. I was a brand new Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. I was the senior patrol leader. You know, I was I was in charge of the troop. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, my best friend Tom Cross. We got our Eagle Scout together. We mm-hmm. did it. We worked together as a team. And because I was a year older, I got to be the senior patrol leader. He was the junior patrol leader. Mm-hmm. So it was seniority. But I was sitting back there, and the troop leader, this new troop leader, walks in. He gets to know everybody over the course of a couple mm-hmm. of months. And he gets up in front. He says, he says, boys, I want to, I want to make an announcement today. We've got mm-hmm. the jamboree, the Boy Scout jamboree mm-hmm. coming in the fall. We've got six months to practice. Mm-hmm. There are 16 events. We're going to work on it. We're going to break down into teams. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn all 16 events and we're going to compete. We want to be the best scout troop in this competition. And we're going to start working on that tonight. We're going to break it down in teams. You're going to be, you're going to have team leaders and so on. And then we've got the adults here that are going to help you. And if there's any questions about anything that you want, there's a the Boy Scout handbook. All the answers are in the Boy mm-hmm. Scout handbook. So let's get started. So I'm, I'm sitting back there and it was just this energy, Deb, that he, he expressed mm-hmm. this goal of wanting to compete in this jamboree. Mm-hmm. And a process between that day and six months from now mm-hmm. of training and team building and a standard operating procedure mm-hmm. in the, 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 the handbook and, and then coaching and mentoring from the adults. It was just in, in just a matter of minutes, there were all these aspects of it, but mm-hmm. I had, I didn't know what all of those words meant that I'm expressing today. Right. I just knew the feeling that I had, mm-hmm. which was a feeling of excitement and mm-hmm. energy in the troop that hadn't mm-hmm. been there for quite some time. So I walked up to the troop leader afterwards and I, I said, sir, I have, a, I have a question for you. And he goes, what's that? I says, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. And he put his hand on my shoulder, Deb, and he said, Gary, that's leadership. Mm. And that word struck me. Mm-hmm. And as I said, there were two things. Before that word hit me, I can remember when I was younger, I had this feeling that I was going to do something important. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And for many, many years, I searched for that importance, but I always worked on my own leadership development, Mm -hmm. trying to get better as a leader, trying to engage people better. Mm -hmm. All the things that we talk about in leadership, making tons of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I used to joke uh, about taking over departments and I had seven different jobs in 10 years in manufacturing with Procter Mm -hmm. & Gamble and Scott Paper. I would turn the department, as soon as they saw I could turn a department around, they stuck me in there. And I would tell people, here's the deal. We're going to start moving forward. We're going to make a lot of decisions here because we need to improve things. Mm -hmm. And our job is to make 10 decisions when other people would be making only two or three Mm because we got to move. We got to make things happen. Mm -hmm. And in that, we want to have eight decisions that we make that are positive, two that are negative, and the net we hope is positive. Mm -hmm. So let's get to work. And I, I just was, every time I did this, I was able to turn the department around and mm-hmm. I was able to learn a lot mm-hmm. about leadership and a lot about my own style and how I would screw things up and make mistakes and mm-hmm. say things I shouldn't say and all these things. But I was learning every moment mm-hmm. and building up to get to do what I do today. And when I do executive coaching with CEOs and presidents of companies, I say, look, you know, you know what my job is? is what? My job is to help you become the best possible leader. Mm-hmm. And I've been working for 50 years to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to offer you every ounce of what I've learned, what I've experienced, Mm -hmm. what mistakes I've made so that you can be better without making all the mistakes, Mm -hmm. I hope. Mm -hmm. And I've been working towards this moment 
And here I am. I love it. I love it. You know, and I think so many people get things a little bit confused when they become that manager, that owner, that team leader, that whatever. And they think, and, and I mean, they are the boss, but in many cases, they think that means I can just boss you around. I can just tell you what to do. And that really struck home in your story about the scouts, because that scout leader, he, he, he first of all, he did say what the goals were, because we can't accomplish anything without knowing what our end point is. And But he really made it clear that it was a team and that everybody was working together. And so it's not just, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do and by darn, you're going to do it. It was, okay, here's here's the process that we're going to go through. And and you also mentioned in your book, um, which uh, is, is a great book, uh, CEO's Journey, The Seven Steps of Intentional Leadership. I read it. And and you talk about this in there. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, the kids that are getting ready for Jamboree start like three weeks before, you know, and they cram it all in. And he was starting six months before. So that made things much more realistic. It also gives a lot of time when things don't work to figure out how to make them work. And I think a lot of times leaders forget that. Yeah. And the other part of it, I think, is the pressure you put on the kids in that two or three weeks Mm -hmm. to try to do things perfectly or exactly. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you look at it, you say we have 26 weeks, Mm -hmm. say, look, what we want to do is we want to just do a little bit of improvement Mm -hmm. each week, just get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Because to win this, we only have to be 1% better than the Mm -hmm. competition. We don't need to be perfect. We don't need to be, we just gotta be a little every, bit better. Mm-hmm. just a little mm-hmm. bit better. And if we can take life that way mm-hmm. and just say, look, the process of life is about being a little bit better each mm-hmm. day, right. each week, and right. just learning how to do that. And mm-hmm. you, you mentioned in the introduction, we talked about what I do is I help leaders learn how to be leaders, mm-hmm. not what to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what to do, Read my book. Right. Read read mm-hmm. uh, the Leadership Challenge mm-hmm. by Kusin Posner. Read uh, Leadership as an Art by mm-hmm. uh, Max Dupre. I've read all. That. I've read hundreds mm-hmm. of books, mm-hmm. and I know what they say, and I know what they have to offer. But what is important is the ability to execute on the what mm-hmm. to be able to achieve the how, mm-hmm. and be able to achieve the why mm-hmm. to be able to get to the why through the how with the what. Right. I, I often. I often use a metaphor for this that I'd, I'd like to share with you, mm-hmm. Deb. Um, uh, I, I ask audiences quite often if anybody in the audience has had appendicitis. Mm-hmm. Have you had appendicitis? No, but no. yeah, no. luckily I haven't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Uh, if I've got a hundred people in the room, there's probably at least one person in the room mm-hmm. that's had appendicitis. Right. I say, so what do you what do you do with an inflamed appendix? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you, you remove it. You remove it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, do you take it out? I'm mm-hmm. like, exactly. So if you have an appendicitis, when you had it, did, did you remove it? And they're like, well, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. oh, so you, you took it out yourself. And they said, well, no. Well, no. I said, mm-hmm. Well, no. That's, I said, so you said, look, you know what to do. Take mm-hmm. out the appendix, hand mm-hmm. it to your, hand the scalpel to your, mm-hmm. your spouse and, and ask them to take it out. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? Not unless your spouse is a surgeon. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Of There's course not. There's not enough YouTube videos for that. No, no. <laughs> So why is it that we don't remove it? We know what, Mm -hmm. and yet we take people and we promote them into management positions. Mm -hmm. We hand them a book Mm -hmm. or we tell them what to do Mm -hmm. and we expect them to be good Mm -hmm. leaders. 
And the fact is, is they've not been taught how Mm -hmm. to do it. Right. And the problem with this metaphor is managers are being handed handed the scalpel of responsibility Mm -hmm. without any training. Mm -hmm. And when they go into the operating room, they're not the ones that perish. Right. It's the employee Mm -hmm. on the operating table Mm -hmm. because they don't know how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And we have to get better at helping people connect the what and Mm -hmm. the why Mm -hmm. with the how that's in the middle of execution Mm -hmm. in leadership. Mm -hmm. And I like to use the quote that leaders do a thousand little things right. Mm. And that's why Mm -hmm. it's so hard to learn to be a good leader Mm -hmm. because you have to learn to get to mediocre. You have left around 500 of those thousand, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Just to get to average, Mm -hmm. you got to learn 500. Mm -hmm. And I tell people with training and experience and coaching and mentoring Mm -hmm. It takes five to 10 years for people to become mediocre. Mm -hmm. And yet we still throw people Mm -hmm. into these positions and expect them by telling them what to do, Mm -hmm. that they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. it without really good professional coaching and support. Therefore do. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that, that, especially when you're, initially thrust into it, or even if you've been in, in, you know, a leadership position for, for a long time, (coughs) you think you have to do it all and you have to do it, you know, it, and you can't, you can't have a team. You have to do the surgery yourself. Um, You know, and, and that is of course, you know, the, the biggest error in this, but somehow we have it in our brains. And the same thing works if you're a small business owner. You know, you you think, well, if I don't do it all and do it all by myself, I'm a failure. I'm admitting there's something wrong if I have to have somebody else do it. Well, of course, we all have to have somebody else help us. You know, if you're a small business owner, you're probably not a tax attorney. You probably don't know tax law. You probably don't know business law. You need a CPA, marketing. I mean, all these various things. Nobody is going to know it all. Or they know just enough, as we say, to be dangerous, you know, and, and, and what that means is they don't do it well. And same thing with, you know, if you're the, 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 the team leader, you know, you, you think, well, I have to do it all. I can't delegate because that shows weakness. Mm. Well, I think it's, more, it's, it's not that they can't, it's that they won't. Mm-hmm. Because delegation is a skill like any skill. Right. But what you're talking about, and this is in my seven steps of intentional leadership and mm-hmm. step one purpose, is mindset. It's what's mm-hmm. my mindset. Right. And if my mindset is that I have to do it to do it right, mm-hmm. that I can't give it to somebody else, mm-hmm. or I'm afraid that they will make a mistake and do mm-hmm. it wrong. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was reminded of recently when I was listening to somebody talk about this in leadership, they said, well, before you make a decision, ask yourself the question, what's the worst that can happen? Right. If I delegate something to somebody Mm -hmm. and they only get a half right, what's the worst that can Mm -hmm. happen? And people sometimes have the, since you bring up this whole idea of delegation, the the mindset of having to do it myself Mm -hmm. or the fear of somebody making a mistake, all of those mindsets are going to prevent us from ever being an effective leader. Right. Because leadership and our definition Mm -hmm. of leadership is the ability to build relationships Mm -hmm. So we can achieve our goals together with compassionate mm-hmm. accountability. Right. Now, what part of that says I have to do the work? Mm-hmm. None of it. Right. 
achieve our goals together and utilize the strengths Mm -hmm. and competencies of Mm -hmm. each person in the team to contribute their uniqueness Mm -hmm. to the team in a way that makes a much stronger Mm -hmm. outcome. The challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs is this this old book that's out there called The Entrepreneurial Myth. Mm -hmm. Is most people start, I did, I started, I was a, I was a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. I, I did consulting and coaching. I did training. And I did all those things. And now I've got eight Staterians that work for me. You mm-hmm. know, my business name is Staterius. So I mm-hmm. call them Staterians on my team. And these are, uh, I've got a PhD industrial psychologist mm-hmm. and every single one of them have master's degrees mm-hmm. and years of fortune 500 experience. And they come in, do you think I'm going to tell them how to teach, train and coach? No, no they tell me. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have this framework, the seven steps of intentional leadership. I say within the framework, we're going to do these Mm -hmm. things. And Deb, the things that these professionals bring to the table Mm -hmm. makes our company so much stronger and better because I'm willing to give up the control Mm -hmm. and allow them to work within the boundaries that I've set within Mm -hmm. the company and let them just create Mm -hmm. magic. Right. And we all have that opportunity Mm -hmm. if we can overcome Mm -hmm. the mindset. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and I struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty type A. And so I struggle with, well, you know, Gary, if if I have you do it, it's not the way I would do it. And you know, and probably not. And so what I continually have to tell myself is just because it's not the way I would do it doesn't mean it's wrong and oh my gosh it might actually be better um you know and and that that really is one of the challenges and i think a lot of people have that you know that well i if i'm going to you know if if it's going to be done it has to be done my way because that's the right way that's the only way um yeah. you know and and of course it's not it, it, granted there are some things that you know but but even you know even you know you can take out appendix different ways um you know you can do all but even things. let's mm-hmm. let's change the word mm-hmm. quite often not the only way but the mm-hmm. best way people yes. are making mm-hmm. a judgment on mm-hmm. it being not even just you know the mm-hmm. the only way but the best way mine's right. the best mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. you say well if let, let's say somebody else does it and it's good enough mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the best way, but maybe they can learn Mm -hmm. better, Mm -hmm. okay? And we need to ask a different question Mm -hmm. to ourselves and to those around us. And this is what I had to learn coming up, starting in my first business Mm -hmm. in 1990, going back in the business world and then finished my doctorate in 2009 Mm -hmm. and starting this company. Early on, I thought, what what do I have to add to this body of knowledge of leadership? I mean, you've got these brilliant people out there, you right. know, Warren Bennis and, mm-hmm. and uh, Max Dupree and um, John Maxwell. And th- mm-hmm. These are, you know, well-known names for anybody that's in leadership and brilliant. But what do, what do I have to add? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my podcast is called Leading from the Front. Leadership is a responsibility, mm-hmm. not a position. Leadership is a responsibility. And that is what we have to ask people mm-hmm. to do for them to have a voice right. to learn to communicate. Everybody can learn leadership capabilities mm-hmm. to have a voice in the right situation, the right way to speak up mm-hmm. and add to the value of the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I found. If I've got a room of 20 people that I'm training and I've got another statarian that's working with mm-hmm. me who has a different voice, mm-hmm. a different way of saying things, I will watch When I say something and then they might jump in and add something to what I said, Mm -hmm. and you will see light bulbs go off on different people. Right. Yeah. It just strikes them different. Mine isn't the best. Mm -hmm. Mine is a way. Mm -hmm. It's not the only way. Mm -hmm. It might not even be the best way. Mm -hmm. It's just 
a way. Mm-hmm. And if I can change the words in my mindset, in my brain, from the way to a way mm-hmm. and recognize the, the, the voice of another human being mm-hmm. that will connect with other people, then we have an opportunity mm-hmm. to grow as a team. Right. You know, and, and it really does. Sometimes it is, you know, that it strikes somebody different. You know, sometimes women want to learn from women. You know, sometimes millennials want to learn from baby boomers. I mean, you know, all these various things. And so, you know, we we have to keep that in mind when we are those leaders, you know, and and I mean, we can, you know, public speaking, great example. You know, we can, we can clearly tell when we're speaking, who's paying attention and who's not. You know, I've, I've had people fall asleep. I hate doing presentations right after lunch because, you know, it doesn't matter if they had turkey or not. They had just enough food that they're, you know, and, you know, and, and, or, you know, maybe they're not sleeping. <laughs> um, you know, they're sitting there playing on their phone. You know, they're, they're doing these various things. And, and so you do have to wonder, okay, what is it that, you know, and, and maybe it's, you know, at that point you think, okay, I just need to change how I'm communicating. Uh, but, you know, there, there are just different ways that people, because we all learn differently, you know, it, it can even be things as, you know, this person isn't, you know, I'm, uh, you know, they're, they're not getting what the slide says because they want to hear it, you know, all these various things. And that's where kind of having these multiple people helps that process. Yeah. So I, uh, I'll, I'll go back to my uh, tennis coaching and teaching. I, I'm a, I was a certified tennis mm-hmm. coach. I coached, uh, University of Wisconsin, Green Bay for three years. Uh, yeah. So big uh, tennis powerhouse. But anyway, what we learned as a certified teaching professional mm-hmm. is each person has a, either a visual and audio or kinesthetic mm-hmm. processing mode mm-hmm. or combination of the two. And we need to present. And that's why as a public speaker, like you said, you've got the slides, mm-hmm. you have people stand up and move, mm-hmm. you have exercises and you speak. So you're doing a VAC, visual audio kinesthetic mm-hmm. uh, approach to teaching, training and communicating as much as possible because of people's learning styles. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Right. And leadership is not about me. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't get it, then I need to figure out another way for them to mm-hmm. get it. And sometimes that means another person. Right. The work the work that I do is that I can't tell you the number of times I've turned a uh, an executive over to one of my staff mm-hmm. because I'm just not getting through to this mm-hmm. person. They just don't click. Just don't right. click. There's just you know? something. Just, yeah. You, like you said, you not don't there. click. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll look at this person and maybe I'll get Dr. Vito, who is uh, my industrial psychologist. Mm-hmm. And he's a very high introvert, very analytical, mm-hmm. very process oriented. I'm, I'm a little bit more kind of extemporaneous. Mm-hmm. I, I don't follow process as much. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like to let things flow. And sometimes it just doesn't work for people. Mm-hmm. So I'll turn them over to, to Dr. Vito or I'll turn them over to Dina. Like you said, some mm-hmm. people would prefer to have a, a female coach. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be a woman and it might be a man. He might mm-hmm. prefer to have a female coach. Right. Um, so whatever the situation is, um, it's not looking at what we do as a weakness. I don't mm-hmm. talk about weaknesses. I talk right. about limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, we have competencies that we learn through training and experience, but there are certain things I, I just really mm-hmm. struggle with. I'm not, I can't learn it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, oh, that's, that's a fixed mindset. What do you mm-hmm. mean you can't? Well, okay, so here's the deal. I have a learning disability where I have a challenge reading, which then affects my ability to learn foreign languages. Mm-hmm. When I combine the fact that I have practically no memory, mm-hmm. or a terrible memory, 
okay? Um, and combine that with having to memorize an English word and a foreign word to be able to translate that in my head in mm-hmm. the moment when somebody's talking. Can't do it. Not going to happen. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. I'm a visual. Mm-hmm. So can I learn a foreign language? Yes, but I have to learn it with, it, it, I have to immerse myself mm-hmm. in it. And when I spent a week in, in uh, Mexico years ago mm-hmm. uh, on a, in a conference, I was starting to, I, I got Rosetta Stone like a couple mm-hmm. of times. I'm learning it online. I'm learning some of the words. Did I learn some of it? Did I get better? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. By the end of the week, I was a, I was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Am I ever going to be a translator for the UN? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> so there's right. levels mm-hmm. in all this, right? Mm-hmm. But what I would do is I want to find out where my strengths are, mm-hmm. where the strengths of the rest of the team are, mm-hmm. and make the assignments in accordance mm-hmm. with those strengths. And don't let anything happen in the team where people can't have cross-role responsibilities, mm-hmm. okay? Where they can support and help each other because right. of things that one team mm-hmm. member does better than another team mm-hmm. member, but it's not part of their job. Mm-hmm. But you go up and you ask him, hey, Deb, uh, would you, could you do this for Gary? And you go, oh, yeah, I love to do that. Well, that's great because Gary hates mm-hmm. doing it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. How much stronger does that make the team? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it's always, it, you know, the, the thing about teamwork is it, it is kind of this moving thing. We were talking, as we were just chatting before the program, about college sports. You know, as we are recording this, they yes, the day before yesterday, they announced the brackets for the, the NCAA basketball tournament. And, you know, one of the things that, that I always have an issue with in college sports are these superstars that, you know, and, and I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, hello, I'm from Denver, Peyton Manning, John Elway. Um, you know, and, and but the problem is, when your superstar goes down, um, you know, then can the other team members adapt? You know, I was watching a CU's basketball game this weekend. It was late. Oh, my gosh. You know, the problem with living here on the East Coast and they play, you know, out on, on Pacific time. Oh, you know, these games were starting at midnight and our star player got elbowed. It just, you know, right in the face, several minutes into the game, down he went off the court. And out mm-hmm. of the out of the the room he went, uh, because he was going out for concussion protocol, and so the first thought was, "We're done. We've lost." You know, that's just uh, that really. We were. I was texting people midnight. Oh my gosh, we're done. We're done. Well, of course, he's he is a senior, and so the the the, the guard behind him, his backup, stepped in, did a wonderful job. Was it as good? It was different. And, and it was funny because that was what they were pointing out afterwards in the, the articles and, and you know, the, the coverage was this person stepped in in a different way, but got the job done. And I think that's really the, the, the true thing about teamwork is your superstar can go out and everybody just adapts and fills in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what does that point to? Great coaching. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they prepare them. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee in the practices, there are times when that second stringer mm-hmm. plays with the starters, Right, they switch it up and mm-hmm. they play with the starters and mm-hmm. then they get defended by the star mm-hmm. who's a better defender. So mm-hmm. that makes the second, the second stringer mm-hmm. better. So right. that's just great coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's a great metaphor for us to think about mm-hmm. in our businesses of, of cross training mm-hmm. and one of the challenges I have to tell you, Deb, one of the challenges that I have when we talk about coaching and using sports coaches as an example is um, it, there are certain aspects of it 
that are true. Like mm-hmm. for instance, if you're going to truly delegate to your team, then you delegate and you have to let them play. Cause mm-hmm. I have yet to see a college basketball coach hit the winning basket. Right. Right. Cause they're not on the floor mm-hmm. and or they're not on the field or that they have to prepare mm-hmm. the team to make that shot mm-hmm. and make the play. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way for leaders in a lot of ways and letting your people play, letting your mm-hmm. people work, right. letting them get the work done. Mm-hmm. And there's a, but there's a balance between understanding the competency level, mm-hmm. the amount of um, management and accountability that has mm-hmm. to happen and the amount of delegation. Mm-hmm. You don't just delegate mm-hmm. without training. Right. Because that's not delegation, that's right. abdication. That's throwing okay? to the wolves. <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. Sink mm-hmm. or swim. And I, I always use that metaphor as well. You know, well, that's how we did it. We learned how to sink or swim. I said, that's mm-hmm. great. So you throw somebody in the deep end of the pool mm-hmm. and what you're going to create is either a swimmer, a aquaphobia, where somebody's afraid of the right. water. They're not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Right. Or somebody that survives mm-hmm. goes to the, the uh, shallow end, mm-hmm. gets out of the pool and says, I don't ever want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, you know, there are a few dead bodies at the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't make okay. it at all. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it at all. I mean, that's just crazy mm-hmm. to, to, teach, uh, to treat people that way is just, it's insane. Right. right. So um, when we talk about leadership, and this is why I wrote the book, A CEO's Journey, um, over the course of, of the years, I've been kind of cobbling together my thoughts mm-hmm. on what makes a great leader. What are mm-hmm. the fundamentals that are needed in order to make a great leader mm-hmm. or just a competent leader? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And, Somebody and, that does, you know, the company doesn't go bankrupt under. <laughs> right. So what I, I always ask people, I'll, I'll ask you, Deb, what is the starting point for developing leadership? Where do you start? What, you know, so it's like, what's, what's step one? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I ask people this, and and in conversations, I'll mm-hmm. talk to CEOs that want to hire me, and I go, where where do you do? How do you develop your leaders, and where mm-hmm. do you start? And to this day, nobody's ever given me the specific answer. Right. And I've asked thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people this, and yet I'll say, and that, what they might say is, well, you have to develop yourself, and I'm like, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Got to go inside. Totally, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. right. How do mm-hmm. you do that? Oh, I I don't know. Well, I have the answer. Mm-hmm. And and I'd like to say buy my book and you can find it out. But I tell you what, spoiler alert! I'm okay. just going to tell you. Okay. Step one is purpose, and mm-hmm. the first component of purpose is to have a personal written mission statement. Right. I I have that page open on your website. Build your mission statement today. See, I was prepared, and you didn't even. Know. There you go. <laughs> you can go right to my website and get this. Because here's the thing: if you're a leader, and life's kicking you around. Mm-hmm. And you're having a bad day and we don't have an anchor, Mm -hmm. you know, something to hold on to that Mm -hmm. reminds us of who we are and what we stand for and what's most important to us. Mm -hmm. We're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're going to make massive mistakes. Our mission statement grounds us. Mm -hmm. It helps us remember, remind Mm -hmm. us, even in those horrible times when you have a terrible day, you know, just everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. You've got clients that are calling you and they're, They're uh, complaining. You've got prospects that are calling that are saying, we're not going to buy from Mm -hmm. you. You've got employees that are calling out sick or, you know, COVID got them and they can't come to work. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're working with half the the workforce Mm -hmm. now and just one thing after the other. And then 
you go home and at nine o'clock at night, you look yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and you say, this has been a horrible day. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a tough day. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, one of my kids are sick. Mm -hmm. And I look in the mirror and I say to myself, did I live my mission statement today? Mm -hmm. And if I can say yes, that's a great day. It doesn't matter what happens mm-hmm. to you. It's mm-hmm. how you live your life. Right. And that's where leadership starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, I haven't had anybody tell me, oh, yeah, I know. It's to write a personal mm-hmm. mission statement. Right. Well, right. that's where I start mm-hmm. all my coaching mm-hmm. sessions. Because unfortunately, when I worked for the Covey Leadership Center back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and um, uh, habit one is be proactive. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. One of the mm-hmm. one of the things that they did was have you write a mission statement, which I did back mm-hmm. in like 1993. And that was the beginning of the thinking that I had mm-hmm. with the work that I do today. Mm-hmm. About three or 4%, maybe 5% of the population had a written mission statement mm-hmm. back then. Today, it's less than 1%. Mm-hmm. We're going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So I, I challenge people I, I implore them, please take the time to go inside mm-hmm. and take the time maybe to write down what you want people to say about you in 20 years, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I'm retiring in 30 years. What would I want them to say about mm-hmm. me? Not what would they say today? Because maybe some of that wouldn't be pretty. Mm-hmm. All right. Or maybe we do things that we wish we hadn't done. Mm-hmm. Great. Use that as a foundation mm-hmm. to identify and specify exactly who you are mm-hmm. and who you want to be in the future right. and start living that mm-hmm. every day. Right. You know, and, and I, I love the book because it's, it's this, it is a journey uh, of, of a CEO and he's going through, you know, his, his company is struggling. He asks in a very dear friend, a trusted mentor. Um, and so, you know, she's guiding him through this process. And as you said, the first step is your, your mission statement. And I think one of the key things that so many people need to remember is it's your personal mission statement. It's not what is your mission statement for your company or even as that leader in that company or nonprofit or whatever it is, it's your person. And so it's going to include your personal values, you know, all of these various things. And, and, you know, I think that's, that really is one of the, the, the problems is we get so caught up in being that leader and in many cases doing whatever it takes to make things be successful or to not be a failure, because those are two different things, right? Um, and 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 we we lose ourselves. Um, you know, there's a reason why many CEOs are very, you know, they they don't live long. That <laughs> there's depression, there's health issues, all these various things. And so, you know, one of the things that that you know, you talk about in the book is, you know, you're you need to eat better, exercise. I mean, all of those things because that's going to make you healthier, which will then in turn make you, you know, help you, not make you, will help you be a better leader. Um, you know, but this this mission statement, it really is critical to see, okay, what is important to me? And I'm guessing sometimes when you have people go through this, they go, hey, you know, my personal mission statement isn't anywhere close to where I'm working. I shouldn't be working there. That's absolutely true. I can remember that actually happen, happening in one of the first workshops I did with the Seven Habits uh, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. we were working with a company and there was a vice president there and we helped him with his mission statement. And like the third day of the training, he came in and he said, 
you know, I, I just came to realize that, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want to do. Um, we have a, a very intense nine month leadership development program. Mm-hmm. And we take people through this whole process of the seven steps and coaching and training and mentoring and, and uh, application, all this stuff. And uh, we have a three and a half day boot camp to start the program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't tell you the number of executives that at the end of the boot camp, they make commitments to change certain aspects mm-hmm. of their life that they've come to realize mm-hmm. over that three and a half days that they have been violating their own character mm-hmm. in trying to, in the ambition of achieving some goals mm-hmm. at work. And uh, I can remember a very um, uh, important one where the senior VP who has um, uh, who became the CEO of a company later on, standing in front of this, this group of executives that he worked with after this program. And he said, I walk in the door at night and I have so much going on in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about work. And he had young kids that were like seven and 10. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're like, oh, daddy's home. Daddy is their hero. Right. He's home. He's their world. He's their world in that moment, right? And, and he said, I would walk in and I, I barely pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, with tears in his eyes, literally with tears in his eyes, he says, that stops today. Mm-hmm. And this stuff changes people's lives because mm-hmm. it really takes effort and it takes thought and it takes recognition of what your character is and mm-hmm. what's truly important. And without that anchor of a mission statement, mm-hmm. life kicks our ass. Mm-hmm. It pissed, pushes us around. Right. It gives us that anchor in, in the ocean of life. If mm-hmm. you want to go mm-hmm. with the metaphor, right? right? So when the, when the hurricane hits, mm-hmm. you can still hold on mm-hmm. and not get swept away. Right. You know, and of course, one of the, 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 important things is that not only do you complete it, you have others complete it too. You know, the, the people who work for you and then the people who work for them and, you know, it trickles down and all those various things, they should, you know, everyone should have their own personal mission statement. And clearly those are going to change, you know, as people age, as, you know, they have families, their families leave the nest. I mean, all these various things, but, you know, it's and then they all you know then you kind of have to figure them out you know you, you gave the example in the book of the the one person who in her personal life was really really struggling which then of course affected how things were at work but nobody at work knew that she was having those issues now that gets tricky i mean you know we don't need to know everybody's home details about everything that's going on but employees need to you know or you know maybe it's a, a business associate, whatever it is, they need to feel like they can tell you, hey, you know, this is what's going on, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and then you work through it. It's, it's, you know, I, you know, there's, I think there's a book called Compassionate Leader, um, you know, and, and I think that's a big part of it is, again, we, leaders either think they're on a pedestal, they put themselves on that pedestal, and, you know, and they think, oh, we can't know those personal details. You know, we, and yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. There are some legal ramifications, folks. We're not talking about, you know, don't, don't cross those lines. But, um, you know, it, if, if you're going to have your personal mission statement, then everybody should have their personal mission statement. And, and as you said, that's the foundation. Then you go from there. Yeah. Well, I, uh, to that point, I had a CEO that I worked with uh, for a while and, um, 
some of the things that that I do, and, and I want to come back to emotional intelligence and the things that you're talking mm-hmm. about, because social awareness and that emotional intelligence would allow me enough awareness mm-hmm. to be able to see in your face mm-hmm. the struggle that you have in outside right. of work. Mm-hmm. So I'll share my first statistic with you. 85% of all performance problems at work are because of things outside of work. Mm-hmm. So Although people don't need to, there's no legal mm-hmm. requirement, mm-hmm. but again, leadership is about building relationships. Mm-hmm. And if I have a relationship with you, Deb, and I can see the strain mm-hmm. and the stress on your right. face and I say, mm-hmm. Deb, you're really struggling with mm-hmm. this. And in the past, you've, you've like nailed mm-hmm. this. You mm-hmm. haven't had any problems with it. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, I'm just having some problems at home. I'm like, okay, you don't need to give me the details. Right. Yeah. And, and I, but I can say to you, is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. Is there something I can mm-hmm. take away to mm-hmm. just kind of relieve some of the stress for a little mm-hmm. while? And just that little bit of hope mm-hmm. that that caring mm-hmm. and demonstration is really, really important. Mm-hmm. So right. um, the application, you know, I've, I actually heard somebody say recently, well, emotional intelligence becoming a cliche. Emotional intelligence and cognitive judgment are the only two scientifically correlated mm-hmm. characteristics and measurable characteristics mm-hmm. of leadership effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Everything else is anecdotal, but mm-hmm. I can measure emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and I can measure cognitive judgment. And why do I say cognitive judgment? Because as a leader, the decisions you make mean everything. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have good judgment, mm-hmm. you're going to make bad decisions right. and you're going to affect everybody else in the mm-hmm. team. But I can measure those two. Mm-hmm. And you can learn those two and I can get better. So until somebody comes up with something better, emotional intelligence is not mm-hmm. a cliche. Right. It's a skill mm-hmm. that we need to learn as leadership and it's mm-hmm. directly correlated to our ability mm-hmm. to be great mm-hmm. at leadership. Right. Well, and of course, the key is to recognize things early on, you know, and, and, and to try and help alleviate the situation, you know, whatever it is before they become critical. Um, you know, you, you don't want to have the employee that, you know, you, you thought, eh, you know, something doesn't quite seem right, but I don't want to pry. I don't want to do this. And then they quit. They, you know, something very tragic happens. You know, they, you know, all these various things. I mean, if, if weeks before, months before, whenever, if you had said, hey, Gary, you know, what's going on? Is, is there something I can help with? That you know, and maybe it was they needed an extra day off, or it is something. You know, who knows? I mean, there's there's no way to to know these things, but yeah, it's it's much better to try and 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 help at the start than to try and do damage control later. Yeah, and I've got to have a strong enough relationship where I can say, "Hey, Deb, you, it, something seems to be bothering mm-hmm. you. If it's something outside of work, you mm-hmm. don't need to tell me what it is. Right. I don't mm-hmm. need to have. But what can I do to help?" Mm-hmm. What can we do to take mm-hmm. off, take some of the pressure mm-hmm. off? Eventually, do you need to be able to get back up to your level of performance? Yeah, eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's really important that we don't just hurt people mm-hmm. with punishment or firing right. because they fail at something once mm-hmm. or they struggle with something for a while. Because what people don't recognize mm-hmm. quite often is we've got to hold people accountable. We, they've, mm-hmm. they've got to make sure we, you know, they, they do it. They toe the line. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. And we also have to treat them like human beings. Right. That's why the we have the phrase. The golden rule really does apply. Well, that's why we have compassionate mm-hmm. accountability. Mm-hmm. And we know it in, as, as parents. It's called tough love. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Right. 
we want to establish boundaries and hold mm-hmm. our children accountable mm-hmm. to let them know that we love and care mm-hmm. them enough to have appropriate boundaries mm-hmm. as they grow up. Right. That's the definition of tough mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. With our employees, we want to demonstrate compassion and mm-hmm. accountability so that we know that they're achieving the goals that they need to achieve mm-hmm. as an individual contributor for the team mm-hmm. and at the same time be compassionate enough to recognize when they need a break. Mm-hmm. Right. When do they need, mm-hmm. not just a 10-minute break, mm-hmm. but do they need some help? Mm-hmm. And imagine what that does for the team. Mm-hmm. If, if as the leader, I recognize it, I say, Deb, I, I recognize that you're really challenged right now and, and something's going on. It's okay. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help? Let's let's work on this. And we go to the team and we say, hey, team, we need to help Deb with a couple of these. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot on her plate right now. We don't mm-hmm. need to go into details. A lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do as a team. We're going to, you know, Joe, you're going to mm-hmm. take something. Nancy, you're going to take something. We're going to help her out mm-hmm. and take this off her plate and help her out the next couple of weeks. Okay. We ready to go? Mm-hmm. And off we go. Right. What does that do for the team? Right. You're yeah. demonstrating compassion and accountability Mm -hmm. with the team. And And then Joe and Nancy know the next time they might be the ones that are going to need help. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you can even say, look, if you're struggling, Mm -hmm. let the team know. Don't feel like you have to Mm -hmm. carry the burden of your life alone. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets through this life alone. So that to me is is the ability in those moments as a leader to recognize those opportunities mm-hmm. to demonstrate compassion, to, and to, to, mm-hmm. to demonstrate caring in a way that builds loyalty and strength on the team going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's great, except for what happened a year ago. It's been almost exactly a year ago. The world shut down. <laughs> you know? And you know anybody who says, we're going to go back to normal. No, it's not going to happen. You know, things are going to be different with how we go forward. And and so I, you know, as as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's more difficult than ever to lead. You know, you you talk about you know seeing someone and recognizing that they might have a problem. Well, that's great if you're spending eight hours a day in an office with them. But what about if you're on a Zoom call with them for fifteen minutes? You know, or or, I mean, all these various things. So how have things shifted for you? I mean, the principles obviously are still the same, but how have you shifted, you know, last year and and obviously going forward with working with people who, you know, may never even be in the same office again or all of these various things? Well, I think, you know, and I appreciate what you said is uh, the approach, the principles of leadership don't change. Right. Because leadership is about people, management mm-hmm. is about things. But how we engage each other has to change. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, is that we need to be able to take a little bit more one-on-one time, not just group time. Because mm-hmm. you can you can sit in a meeting with five or six people mm-hmm. and you can get a sense of what, the right. way people are feeling. But when there's a the little Zoom bitty co- screen up in the corner. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. So I tell people one of the things that we have in step seven under execution, mm-hmm. okay, is meeting cadence. Mm. Meeting cadence is a fundamental mm-hmm. aspect of leadership and management. Mm-hmm. Daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual meeting mm-hmm. cadence. We look at these and each one of them has a different requirement. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of, depending on the department, if it's not a tactical, let's say it's customer service mm-hmm. or an office space, daily meeting. What what are the priorities today? Mm-hmm. What are you working on, Deb? What am I working on? Mm-hmm. What's going on with the team? And is there anything 
that uh, we need to know as a team. Mm-hmm. Oh, Deb, you're, you're leaving early today because you've got a doctor's appointment. You're leaving at three. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Uh, Nancy, I'll use Nancy and Joe again since they're in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Nancy, can you cover for Deb? Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. So each day you have a meeting for tactical um, coordination. Mm-hmm. You also have a weekly department meeting mm-hmm. that looks out, you know, always the first thing, how did we do this week? Mm-hmm. And what are we going to be doing the next two weeks? Mm-hmm. We always go out twice as long as mm-hmm. the meeting is. Monthly one-to-ones, okay? A monthly one-to-one is a one-to-two-hour meeting with the direct report where the Mm -hmm. direct report walks in the office Mm -hmm. with the meeting prepared. It's Mm -hmm. their meeting, not the leader's meeting. Mm -hmm. They come in. These are my goals. Mm -hmm. These are are my uh, my challenges. Mm -hmm. These are the successes. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm going to be working on. Okay. The quarterly is kind of a, an annual strategic reset. Mm-hmm. How are we doing the next 90 days? Right. Let's look out and, mm-hmm. and then the annual strategic planning. But for at the tactical level, daily, weekly, monthly mm-hmm. has to happen. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do is in the monthly meeting, because of the way things are, you need to have a 10, 15 or 30 minute check-in with every single employee mm-hmm. one-on-one every week. Mm-hmm. You got to look them in the face mm-hmm. And you guys say, Deb, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Now, there's one thing I want to add to all of this, all of these meetings, right? If they're well-organized mm-hmm. and well-facilitated, they're not overwhelming. Right. They have a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. The purpose is different. And you don't, you don't um, mm-hmm. uh, keep doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. from the daily, weekly, the monthly. Mm-hmm. They're different meetings. Mm-hmm. But there's one other thing that we do in all of our meetings, a statement of gratitude. Mm especially in the last year. Right. Because it's when, hard. Well, our brain automatically is conditioned to go to the negative. Mm-hmm. Right. Our brain is conditioned to go to survival. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, you know, I've got to wear my mask. I've got to keep my distance. I'm like, don't get close to me. Don't, don't sneeze on me. Don't, you know, survival. Okay. Mm-hmm. We deal with that every day. But what are we grateful for? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I often, when I'm doing coaching first thing in the morning, people say, what are you grateful for? And I'm like, ah, oh, my cup of coffee. Right. It can be a little thing, but holy schmoly, you don't have that cup of coffee. Ooh. <laughs> so the 24 virtues that are that are uh, character virtues that mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology, talks about these 24 virtues. Out of the 24, there are only two mm-hmm. that are individually connected to happiness, mm-hmm. gratitude mm-hmm. and lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. If you can learn something every day and you can be grateful every day, mm-hmm. you're going to be happier Right. You're just going to create mm-hmm. that level of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I, I encourage people to understand some of these small things mm-hmm. that are in the seven steps of intentional leadership that creates a foundation mm-hmm. for leadership development. And there's, you know, there's seven steps mm-hmm. and there's one component, there's three components with each one of the steps. Mm-hmm. So there's 21 components, as mm-hmm. you know, but those components are just fundamental. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. ba- I'll, I'll give you one more. Just one more in, the, in, in step seven and execute. Always have an action plan coming out of your meetings. Ah, mm-hmm. Every single meeting should know what's going to be done, mm-hmm. who's going to do it, and by when. The mm-hmm. three W's. What, right. when, That's yeah. it. Again, we can't meet our goals if we don't know what the heck our goals are. Well, and that not, but the activities that you're going to get done towards that mm-hmm. goal, when you're going to get it done. And the biggest thing we often forget to do Hey, Deb, by when are you going to get that done? Mm-hmm. Is that this week? Is it next right. week? No, I'll, I'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, when? Mm-hmm. Is it by, right. by Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Is it by the end of the month? Mm-hmm. 
what's the when? And that's the biggest thing. You'll you'll be in a meeting and people will be like, okay, so uh, we're good, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, we're good. All right, cool. Uh, we know what everybody's doing. Yep, and they go. Mm-hmm. They don't document the what. Mm-hmm. They don't say who. Right. And they don't say when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they come back a week later. Everybody get that done? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's not accountability. No, no. So well, simple, simple principle. What, right. who, and when. You know, and, and I think now, you know, I, it, it's, it, it's one of these things that I think, you know, is, is obviously very fluid, but I think all of this is, it's always obviously very important, but now more so than ever, because we're not in offices with people, you know, you can't just pop in and say, Hey, Gary, you got that. Yeah. You know, how are you doing on that project? I mean, you, you kind of can, but you're, you know, you're popping in on a computer screen as opposed to over their shoulder, um, you know, and, and, and all of these various things, you know, it's just, and we also have to, to remember that there's, you know, you, the gratitude thing. I love the gratitude statement because it has been a rough year and we have been so inundated with bad icky news. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, we're not saying that things haven't been bad, you know, they're, you know, just in, in so many ways. And I live in Georgia, so let's just, you know, politics aside, oi, um, you know, (laughs) every time you turn on the TV, every time you go to Facebook, all of these various things, it's bad, 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 bad. And so to stop and think, and and verbalize it to the the people you're working with. Here's what I'm grateful for today. You know, we we all know that, or you know, we've heard that having gratitude journals is good. You know, all these things. But I like telling it to someone because it's there's it, it's kind of a little accountability thing. But at the same point, it really is just showing. You know, it's not as bad as we think. And and in many cases, it really can be something as simple as I got my cup of coffee today. Yeah. Um, you know, might be I got to go have a walk. For somebody, might be my Wi-Fi didn't go down today. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. all of these various things. And you know, so and and or it could be something major. You know, we just got a, a million dollar client. But you know that gratitude. It, and then it feeds on itself. Um, you know, there's, and I can never remember this principle where, you know, if if you're wanting to buy a new red car, you never see a new red car of that model until you're thinking, I want to buy that. And then they're everywhere. Same thing with gratitude. You know, when when you're thinking, you know, those those gratitude thoughts, then you see others, you hear others. And we start toning out. Now we're not ignoring, but we're toning out, toning down that bad news, um, you know, and, and looking more for the, the gratitude things. Yeah. Otherwise we'll see all the bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to give you one other exercise that okay. uh, comes out of Martin Slegman's book flourish, which he mm-hmm. wrote in 2011. And it's about, you know, instead of just happiness, but how do we flourish? Mm-hmm. And here's the exercise. And it's something you, you reminded me when you said the uh, gratitude journal, mm-hmm. this goes at just another step beyond that. At the end of the day, you know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you write down three things that went well today. Mm. And then you write why. Ah. And that's the key is you write three things that went well mm-hmm. and why, because what you're going to find is it went well because you planned for this mm-hmm. a month ago, mm-hmm. because you have this relationship with someone and they uh, helped you out. They made a mm-hmm. phone call. Um, uh, whatever it might be, you're going to find out that you did something in the past mm-hmm. to contribute 
to this victory, this mm-hmm. small victory that mm-hmm. you had today that went well. Mm-hmm. And the combination of recognizing the positive thing that went well mm-hmm. and the why, if you do it for seven days, mm-hmm. they say that the latent feeling will stick with you mm-hmm. for 30. Wow. That it just gets into your psyche mm-hmm. and it helps. Three things a day, mm-hmm. what went well mm-hmm. and why, mm-hmm. and you'll change the way you mm-hmm. feel about your day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I often wonder, worry about you know, people that I see, like Facebook this morning. You know, One of the first posts I saw from a friend of mine was a horrible, awful negative thing. And my first thought was, is that really how you start your day? You know, and, and, and I think it is, you know, that person is just one of those people who looks for the bad. And so, as you said, that's all he's going to see. He is, you know, we, there, there really is something in that, that little saying that we knew when we were little to stop and smell the roses, you know, it, it, it takes just a, a little bit of time, but it really does so much. And as that leader, you need to be encouraging it. You know, that's where that's coming in is you're asking people, okay, what are you grateful for today? And, you know, and, and even, you know, even if you're not doing it on a Zoom or something, you know, pop them a quick email, a quick text, you know, as we were saying, people absorb things differently. So, you know, <clears throat> ask them, what are you grateful for today? Just something simple like that. It, and, yeah. and that comes back to compassion. You're showing them that you care. Well, it's, and it, and it comes back to mindfulness mm-hmm. and being aware in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when I do coaching, it, we have a, we have a process when we do coaching. The mm-hmm. first thing that we do, every coaching session starts with a statement of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And even people that I've coached with for a long time, it could be two or three years sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I say, Hey, Deb, how you doing? It's really good to see you again. So what are you grateful for? And there's always this pause. You can see that their brain kind of comes mm-hmm. to a, a screeching right. halt. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, gee. And people always say, oh, my family or my friends. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you don't get to say that. When you've coached with me for a while, mm-hmm. you don't get to go to the big things. Mm-hmm. I want a little tiny mm-hmm. thing because what we've learned from Eastern philosophies is like the Buddhists will say, mm-hmm. you know what I'm grateful for? This blade of grass. Mm-hmm. You know, the smaller, the more mm-hmm. in the moment, the more recognizable that we can we can get mindful. Mm-hmm. They talk about this mindfulness, and mm-hmm. uh, Deepak Chopra talks about this. He says, "No, it's not mindfulness. It needs to be mind emptiness. Mm-hmm. Clear your mind, mm-hmm. clear the thoughts, clear the chatter. Mm-hmm. And if we clear the chatter, win the moment, we'll be so much more effective mm-hmm. as leaders. Everything that we do, we can be more effective because we can recognize mm-hmm. the facial expressions of the person, the tone, the accomplishments." We spend time talking to people with the victories and the successes Mm -hmm. and always, always, always let's just be grateful. Right. I love it. And, you know, that's more important than ever when we're in this virtual world, Um, you know, because we're not able to see people to pick up on their body language. I mean, you know, when you're seeing people from, you know, shoulders up, there's an awful lot that you're missing. Um, you know, I could be sitting here with clenched fists, you know, and, and all sorts of things. And, you know, so to, to, to be, you know, fostering that gratitude, all of those compassion, all those things. I mean, we have to be doing it now more so than ever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's the challenge of leadership right. is, is being able to balance compassion mm-hmm. and accountability mm-hmm. to manage differently, but lead mm-hmm. the same. Right. 
Right. Yeah, because, you know, we, we, there, you know, the company still has to be making money. The company still, and I shouldn't say has to, because, you know, sometimes maybe not. Um, and, and obviously it depends on what you're doing. I mean, it might just be that this is just the next step in the process, um, you know, and, and all of those various things. So it, but it all does tie together. Yeah. Well, as I tell people today, if you're paying your bills, mm-hmm. be grateful. Right. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's mm-hmm. a company or personally, if you can pay your bills, because mm-hmm. a lot of people out there, they can't. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and, and I'm, I tell you what, I'm grateful that you and I got to chat today um, because this has been so much fun. And, you know, and, and it's one of those things that I think we don't stop and think about often enough is because we are caught up in wine, wine, whimper, whimper, bitch, bitch, um, you know, and, and, and we're all leaders, whether it's of our family, of our team, of our business, of ourselves, you know, how are we doing this? And, and so I encourage people to read your books, um, you know, and, and you've got all sorts of great information, but if somebody wants to reach out to you and connect with you, how do they do that? Oh, the best way is they can either go to my website. It's mm-hmm. tatarius.com, S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S.com, mm-hmm. or just connect with me, Dr. Gary McGrath on LinkedIn. That's the way I connect with a lot of business people and uh, start the process through LinkedIn. Great. I love it. I love it. And again, it's statarius.com. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? Um, I I think as I think about what we're going through with this pandemic and everything, and I, I, I know I keep saying compassion and accountability a lot. I think that what I could say is just be gentle. Mm. Let's see if we can just in all things, not judge and be gentle. If we can do that as we uh, get back on track, I'm not going to say normal, but as we get back on track and we will, because mm-hmm. we're humans, we survive. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, if we can do that with a little more kindness, mm-hmm. gentleness, and compassion, uh, we can make a difference in our families, our, our, our communities, and our lives. I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Gary, this really has been so much fun. I am so glad that we did this. I can't wait to do it again. So we will definitely chat again. Um, but until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a delightful conversation with Dr. Mary. <laughs> See, I did it again. You Dr. It again. Gary McGrath. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.